the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. We want to invite your attention on today to Colossians chapter 3. Uh, We'll begin our reading at verse number 8. The word of the Lord reads as follows. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and you have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Amen. Father in heaven, we need you on this morning that you might declare a clear word in our midst. Speak from on high to our hearts, not just for hearing, but for doing. We might find ourselves in the center of your holy and divine will. Lord, if there's any here on today that don't know you, save them by your amazing grace. If there are any, Lord God, that are drifting from the fellowship, God, renew the broken fellowship. Restore it today. Heavenly Father, we bless you in this place, and I yield myself as an instrument in your hand. Accomplish your divine and sovereign will in this place. We give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Speak now, Lord, to our life, to our death, to our right now situation. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and I thank you, and all the people of God said together, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Catering's October... It is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I wanted to uh, talk about and deal with this subject matter of domestic violence, or what is now in some cases being called intimate partner violence. Believe it or not, not very often is this subject matter talked about in church. There is the misnomer that children of God, worshipers, church people don't have this issue but they do. And the sad news about it is that they have it at the same rate as non-Christians, as unsaved people. Domestic violence is manifested in multiple ways. 
It may be seen in the term of physical violence, which is act the actual physical violence that takes place, or even the threat of it. Sexual violence, actual sexual violence, or the threat of it. Emotional or psychological abuse, which oftentimes comes through verbal means, name-calling, put-downs, shaming, malicious threats to one's emotional status or feelings and emotions, stalking, excessive voicemails, text messages, emails, monitoring every move that someone makes, either through spyware, social media mechanisms now we have that people are following and tracking people, every move that they make, checking the mileage on the car, um, all that kind of thing falls in the area of stalking, manipulating a person's activities and their attitudes, using these technologies of today to control a person and keep track of them. Financial abuse is another way in which it manifests itself through the withholding of funds and, and I'll say without any viable or loving cause, ruining someone's credit intentionally, preventing them from getting a job or even keeping the job that they have. There is spiritual abuse, manipulation through spiritual means, always reminding you you're supposed to be a Christian, but at the same time, they're acting like a hellion. Misuse of the Word of God to control someone, to keep them in the context that they want them to be in. Sometimes that manifests itself in the way they dress. They may be telling them through the scripture, you got to dress a certain way. You have to marry a certain person. You have to have so many children. Overall, it is forcing the law of the scripture without exercising the grace of the God of the scripture. Domestic abuse happens on every level to every kind of person. It happens between current and former spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends, sexual partners, dating partners, and even parents today, you need to watch even this amongst your children in their relationships. Some quick statistical data for you, and this comes from the uh, 2017 CDC. One in four women and one in seven men will experience severe physical domestic violence in their lifetime. One in 10 women will be raped in their lifetime. 8% of men will experience some violent sexual encounter on them other than rape. Domestic violence affects black and white, gay and straight, the rich, poor, educated, the uneducated, saved, the unsaved, the church, and the unchurched. It is running rampant through the land, and the longer the church stays quiet on the matter, the worse it gets. Because if I, as a pastor, don't deal with this subject matter and pretend that amongst even our own congregation it doesn't happen, then I am allowing the enemy to come in and run rampant amongst the people of God and cause the people of God to think that somehow this is normal. 
And so I think it is of necessity that we deal with the subject matter, talk about it, open up the box, and help people sometimes even understand that what you're doing is domestic violence and what you're doing is a means of control that is out of the normacy and out of the biblical desire of God. And so we've got to talk about it. We've got to deal with it. Because as much as this is a problem among all these groups of people, it should not be a problem among the child of God. This should not be a problem among church people. It should not be a problem among those who have been born again, those who have died with Christ, those who have been raised again with Christ, those who are walking, living, moving beings because of Christ, those who have the power and presence of the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelling in them. This should not be named amongst us, but it is. And I'm Again, just a firm opinion is because we don't talk about it. We act like it doesn't happen. We pretend that that's just for other people. But no, it happens in church as well. I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, stop the violence. This is personal. And I think that in light of what we see going on around us, we've had a very traumatic and very publicized scenario of domestic violence where a 31-year-old Capitol Heights uh, woman uh, was doused with gasoline and set on fire in the bathtub while she's seven months pregnant by her boyfriend. The article that I read in regards to her story said when she ran next door to bang on her neighbor's door to get help, she was still on fire. This is the level that domestic violence takes people to. And I know that sometimes in the midst of what people are dealing with, they say, oh, he loves me, she loves me, they would never do that. Let me just tell you something about domestic violence. It starts small, but it keeps getting worse. So you can't keep ignoring it, pretending like, oh, that that was just a little, they didn't mean that. No, they meant it. And it's going to get worse the more you allow it to happen. I just need to educate us because I know a lot of young girls and young guys come into this scenario and they they think it's okay and it's funny and because the person comes back and says they're sorry that everything is okay but every level just keeps getting worse and after a while it's not just a, a punch in the arm it's a punch in the face or it's a broken arm or it's a broken rib or you're on fire and so we've got to deal with this and understand the dynamics of it so This thing is personal, and if it's not personal, it ought to be by now for you. And so what Apostle Paul does for us is he talks to us about this standing that we have. He, first of all, kind of lays out for the child of God where you are in Christ, where you've come from, where where your standing is in Christ, and that you have died with him, you've been buried with him, you've been resurrected with him, you are standing with him, you are walking with him, you are to be walking in the newness of the new person who you are in Christ Jesus. And as a result of that, your behavior patterns ought not be the way they used to be. When you were unsaved, there was a certain way we experienced 
expected you to act. But now that you are born again, now that you are saved, there should be a difference in the way you conduct yourselves. So as we look at the text on this morning, when we look at verse number 8, Paul's already been laying out all these things before them. And verse number 8, he says, but now you yourselves... This is what I call the personal address, you yourselves. And I think this is important that we identify the you yourselves. Who is the you yourself? Who are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about this morning, again, because this is personal. Now, let me say this. This information, this insight is good for everybody, and everybody needs to hear it. But because I'm making it personal this morning, I really want to focus in on the child of God. I want to really talk to the Christian. I really want to talk to the person whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I just want to make it personal. So this is a personal address to you yourself. Pastor, who is the you yourself? You yourself is the blood wash, the born again. And if you find yourself anywhere in here, you'll know I'm talking to you. You, who is the you yourself? You, the, the child of God, the church goer. You, the deacon on the deacon's ministry. You, the trustee. You, the minister. You, the choir member. You, the band member. You, the pastor, you, the bishop, the apostle, you, the saint of God, you, the redeemed of the Lord, you, the worship leader, you, the justified, you, the saint, you, the professor, you, the cashier, you, the doctor, you, the lawyer, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, the truck driver, you, the police officer, you, the FBI, CIA, DIA, agent or or employee, you, the, the janitor, you, the welfare recipient, you, the millionaire, you, the middle class, you, the business owner, you, the unemployed, you, the the missionary, you, the associational worker, you, the layman, you, the waitress, you, the CEO, you, the contractor, you, the teacher, you, the business owner, you, the homemaker, you, yourself. That's who we are addressing this morning, you, yourself. This personal address is to you, yourself. I like the way Paul says that. You yourself. It's like a double emphasis. He didn't just say you. He says you yourself. Adding that emphasis. Child of God, regardless of where you are or who you are or who you're with in life, Paul says, I'm addressing you, the child of God. You yourself is the, is the personal address. And he moves from the personal address to what I call a personal admonishment. It picks up in the latter part of verse 8 and into verse 9. He says, you yourself goes on. Put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, and do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Here is Paul's personal admonishment. And before we dig into his admonishments here, I want to look at one thing. In James chapter 4, verse number 1, says this, where do wars and fights come from? How come we fighting? How come we arguing? How come we can't get along? in these relationships. Where do they come from? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? James says, look, these wars, these fights, these disagreements come from a desire that's in us to do that which is contrary to God. We have a desire to fulfill the pleasure of sin. 
Sin is all that that is contrary to God. And so when God says you ought to have a right relationship with people around you that mirrors my relationship with you, sin says no, you need to hurt those people around you. You need to damage those relationships around you. You need to pervert those relationships around you. That's, that's what sin says. And so our fights, our wars, our struggles come from this internal struggle that says I don't want to do what God says do. I want to do what I want to do. I want things my way. That's where it comes from. And so in his personal admonishment here in our text, he says, look, I need you to put away some things because our desire is, our pleasure for sin is for anger. We, we want to be angry. Some people just like being angry. Can we just be honest? Some, some people just be mad for no reason. They just, they look mad all the time and they mad for no, you, if you ask them what you mad about, they I ain't mad about nothing. Just mad all the time. They angry all the time. That's, that's that sinful desire. Some people just like that. Be in control. Amen. They want to control everything all the time. That's sin. That's a sinful desire. Because God is in control, not you and not me. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But sin says, I don't want God to be in control. Sin says, I need to be in control. And I not only need to be in control of my situation, I need to be in control of you. And so therefore, you better do what I say do. Can I, can I just throw something in here parenthetically? If you're not married to somebody, don't feel like you are obligated to do anything. These young people running around talking about, but he's my boyfriend and this is my girl. That's so. You're not married to them. You have no covenant relationship with them. You have no binding agreement with them. And guess what? They can walk away from you tomorrow and don't have to pay no rent. They can walk away from you, no, no obligation boyfriend, a boyfriend. You got a girlfriend, girlfriend. Even the word is kind of crazy. And all of a sudden they want to control where you go, how much money you spend, who you looking at, who you talking to on your phone. They just a boyfriend. I'm sorry, I'm getting into this. Y'all just might be mad when I'm done, but I've got, got to talk about these things. Control. And control comes, can I talk for real, for real? Control, the idea and the desire to control comes from a sense of insecurity in yourself. It's not because the other person has a problem. No, the problem is you. You want to control because you're insecure yourself. Oh, have mercy. And so there's this, this lack of proper knowledge about who you are and who the child of God is. Genesis 1.17 says that we were created in the image of God and after his likeness. So we have this image of God. We are created in the image of God and after the likeness of God. Psalm 139 reminds us, have we not been fearfully and wonderfully made? Amen. And so sometimes, watch this, sometimes we need to know who we are, one, so that we don't stand for other people treating us a certain way. Lord have mercy. And two, if I understood who I was, I also wouldn't treat you a certain way. Because if I understood I was created in the image and after the likeness of God, then I wouldn't be behaving like something other than God. 
Lord, have mercy. And if I knew that I was created wonderfully and fearfully and beautifully made, and God in his sovereign plan, even before the egg met, egg met sperm, even before I was shaped and crafted in my mother's womb, according to the psalmist in 139, God already had a plan for how wonderfully I would be, how beautiful I would be. If I understood that, I would not be allowing somebody to call me out of my name and talk down to me and depress me about what they thought about me. I don't care what you think about me when the God of all creation says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes we got to know who we are. And let me say this, don't determine who you are by what you see in the mirror. No, there's more to you than the skin and the flesh and the fake hair. We've been crafted and made in the image and likeness of God and after his image. Paul admonishes, since you've been created in the image of God, since you've, uh, you, 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 you've come out of darkness, and since you've died with Christ and been raised again with Christ, since you've done all that, Paul admonishes, he encourages, he presses the, the child of God forward to say to the child of God, take off the old habits right there. Verse 8, take off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Take off. Take it off. Get rid of it. Take it. The idea here that he talks about taking it off is like taking it off like a dirty shirt. Get that thing off of you. That's not who you are anymore. Uh, that person who, who's wrapped up in, in these behavioral patterns of being angry all the time, mad all the time, and being a, one who exercises wrath and, and malice, got ill intentions in your heart, blasphemy, and Lord have mercy, filthy language out of your mouth. Mm-mm-mm. Christians, born again, children of God, ought not be cussing each other out. Let me say that another one. Let me, let me bring it down so, so y'all can really get it. If, if you're a born-again child of God and your spouse is a born-again child of God, how are you going to call them some cuss word when they were created in the image of God and in the likeness of God? Are you saying that they mirror the cuss word because their God mirrors the cuss word? Y'all catching this? This is how we end up blaspheming God. You blaspheme God by calling your spouse, by calling the other child of God out of their character and out of their name. Because in essence, what you're saying, that's what God is. So what you say about them, you're saying about God. And when you say that about God, you're blaspheming God. I hope y'all catching this. Filthy language out of your mouth. That, that ought not even be. How are you going to come to the house of God on Sunday morning and you got hallelujahs in your mouth and you singing on the choir and you playing on the band and you preaching from the pulpit and you ushering at the door and you counting the money and you praying for people and you, you showing people around. You doing all, you all the ministry stuff. And then when it comes time to say something to the person who you stood before God, covenanted and committed your life to, either that or you're on your way down that road and they're a child of God and you're a child of God and yet out of your mouth comes some filthy, nasty, unholy language coming out of your mouth. And don't you dare call it French. No, that's filthy communication out of your mouth. Paul said, take it off. That ought not be amongst the children of God. And when we're doing that to one another, we are defaming the image of our God. Now watch this. 
what does the unbeliever think when two believers are treating each other that way and talking to each other that way? What do your children think when you call their daddy out his name? When you're calling their mama, their mother, the nurturer of their life out of her name? I'm sorry, y'all, y'all, y'all looking at me like y'all mad. I told you you just might get mad. I don't even care. This is personal. This is personal today, okay? This is personal because in the house of God, these things ought not be. We have got to stop the violence, and we've got to stop it now, and we've got to stop it by talking about it and understanding it. And so this is a personal thing. We've got to deal with it. And it's uncomfortable. And I know there's probably some folk going to go home with, with elbow marks all in their side today. And you probably want to scoot over right now. Keep from getting that elbow. He talking about you. He talking about you. It's okay. But we, we got to deal with this. We got to walk our way through it. But Paul admonishes, get our act together. You've been born again. You've been blood washed. You've been bought with a price. Christ paid too much for you to act like that. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.